Welcome to Fashion Your Seatbelt, your first class seat to one-on-one -on -one conversations with the fashion industry's top voices. I'm Jessica Michaud, and I created this podcast to share the joy I have in getting to know all the amazing people who bring this creative, inventive, and extraordinary business to life. You'll get to hear the cadence of their voices, the sound of their laughter, and feel firsthand how passionate they are about what they do. But before we get this show on the road, I want to say a quick thank you to GPS Radar for making this episode possible. GPS Radar is the members-only website where leading fashion brands and media connect. Also, I just want to remind you to leave a review. Stars are really trending right now, and it helps other very stylish listeners like yourself find the show. Now buckle up, and let's get started. I'll never forget the first time I met La Roche. It was early 2018 at a Tommy Hilfiger show in Milan, where he just out of the blue came up to me to say how much he liked the 60-second fashion reviews I did on Instagram. I was instantly charmed by his warmth, his openness, and also his amazing outfit. And without knowing it at the time, I had been a fan of Laws as well, of his work over the years as the stylist for the actress Zendaya, and more recently the singer Ariana Grande, the Oscar winner Anne Hathaway, Tiffany Haddish, and Tom Holland. And I was most definitely impressed with the way he transformed Celine Dion into a new style icon almost overnight. For many who don't follow the inner workings of the fashion industry closely, or didn't spot him during his time as a judge on America's Next Top Model, their first true glimpse of Law was on the red carpet of the Met Gala this year, where he, quite literally, was Zendaya's fairy godfather. Turning her dove gray, custom-made Tommy Hilfiger Cinderella gown with a wave of his wand into a bright blue lit confection. But that is what Law has been doing for years now, transforming his clients into the sartorial best version of themselves. Ever since he moved from Chicago, where he ran a vintage clothing store, to Los Angeles to follow his dreams to become a stylist, Law has been ingenious in the ways he's been able to get his clients noticed for all the right reasons. He's come up with some of the most original, eye-catching, and statement-making looks of the past decade. But more than that, he's also helped his clients connect with leading fashion brands and was key in brokering partnerships like Zendaya's with Tommy Hilfiger or Ariana Grande's with Givenchy. Now, after 10 years in the business, Law is looking for his next move. He's ready for his own transformation. And during our conversation over breakfast in the busy Royal Monceau Hotel in Paris, as he looked back over his career, it became crystal clear to me that this is a man who will not only make it because he's got talent, but because he also has such a big heart. First of all, thank you for doing this. I know you had to get up a little bit earlier to get this in. Um, so can you just take me back to the beginning and talk to me a little bit about your first connection to fashion? I think it's your grandmother who yeah. kind of introduced you. Yeah, our grandmothers both, actually. It was church, really. Really? You know, uh, I think, I want to say like kind of in, in the African-American community, I think church is um, the first, your first kind of memory of like dressing up. Um, you know, when I went to church with my grandma, it was mandatory. Like, you had church clothes. You know, you had the specific clothes that they bought just to wear to church. And you would get in trouble if you played in those clothes. So it was like, um, what it did was, I think, kind of taught me a respect for for clothes, you know, and certain type of clothes. And just watching her get dressed every Sunday was just kind of like, 
a thing to me. Um, would you I, help her get dressed? I just watch. Okay. You know, I would just, I really would watch. I mean, she would ask my opinion on, on things and, <laughs> you know, I'm from Chicago, so things had to match. You okay. Know, it was very much the bags and, bags bags and, and shoes. shoes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that was, that was really great. Um, and even to the day, like when I, I used to watch her do her makeup and hair and paint her nails and stuff like that. And uh, my mom too. And even today, like, I'm so fascinated. I'll just transform into a little boy when I'm watching my clients get glammed. Mm-hmm. Like I'll sometimes just sit on the floor and just watch. It's such a... I think being a woman is such an art form. Mm. Um, and I'm kind of d- addicted to it, you know? But I mean, okay, so you grow up kind of watching the, the mm-hmm. Sunday ritual of getting dressed, mm-hmm. but... How do you, coming from, I think, the, the oldest of five, you're not really from a fashion background or a fashion environment, how did you discover that stylist was a job? Or how did you, how did that connection go from a little boy to, you know, So, well, also, my, also, what my grandmother did was she took, she went thrifting a lot. Uh, and she called it junkin'. Mm-hmm. And we would go junkin' sometimes after church. And I just had all these memories buried of things that I used to do with her. And um, I didn't have a lot of money. And, you know, I was always, like, into, into clothes and fashion. So I was start, I started thrifting. And um, I, I never forget, one day I just saw this beautiful kind of rainbow-colored dress. And it was just poking out uh, of the rack. And I went and I picked up a little... I was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Um, I don't know, I just bought it. It was weird. I just, like, bought this dress. I thought it was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It was, like, four bucks. <laughs> I thought it was so beautiful. And then I would go back, you know, and I would go find something for myself. And then I would also just always go through, like, the women's racks. And I started going through the accessories, the bags. And I just kept started collecting these things that I thought were really cool. And um, one day, um, I'll never forget, I was at a club with some of my friends. I always hung with, like, the most beautiful, stylish women. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember opening the trunk of my car, and a lot of the my thrift finds were in the car. And my friend was like, she saw this bag. And this was um, this was around the time when Girlfriends, Tracy Ellis Ross was yes, bag. Yes, yes. And Tracy Ellis Ross was carrying these, like, oversized clutches. And then she was like... That's a Joan bag, like <laughs> referencing Joan Clayton, um, Tracy's character. character. And she was like, I want to buy this. Like, how much do you want for it? And I was like, you know, $40. Yeah. I think I paid like $3 for it. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, I'm buying this right now. And she was like, what else you got? And so then one of my other friends, and they were like, rem- like rummaging through my thrift funds. And she was like, just come to my house, you know, this weekend and bring everything that you have. And I'll invite some people. We have drinks. So that's what it turned into. And that's kind of where my fashion career started. And I like, Later, um, when me and one of my friends, we opened up a, a, a vintage store in Chicago. Okay. Yeah, so really cool story. Kanye came in. Kanye came to your, to Kanye your store? Kanye came to a vintage store, and okay. it kind of made, like, a lot of news. It was on TMZ, and this is when he was dating Amber Rose, and mm-hmm. he bought her a bunch of, like, cool sunglasses and whatever. Um, and then when that happened, we started getting calls from stylists. Okay. Like from all over the world. It was really crazy. And it was like, oh, well, do you have something that looks like this? Or do you have something like this? And people would start, it became kind of a destination. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did it really cool. I thought it was really cool. We tried to only have things in the store that kind of represented what were on the runways. So okay. if it was like, I remember like purple was the color, the color of the season. Right. So you would go out and like the thrift that out right. and like basically pull the purple yes. from around yes. the Chicago area. Yeah, and it would be like um, certain silhouettes. So like we had saw like, I remember like when Bama or Rihanna in the sleeve. So we, yeah. The so big we, shoulders. Yeah, so yeah. We, you know, we'll try to have things like that to kind of, we wanted to feel like high fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, Kanye came, so stylists everywhere. So now I'm like, oh, okay, I want to be Kanye. a stylist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I want to be a stylist. Like, I had, I knew what a stylist was, um, but I didn't have any, like, close, direct to know that this was a job that you really can, you know, make a good living from mm-hmm. and, you know, support yourself and, you know, I like to always use the term live in abundance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know that mm-hmm. until, until that happened. And so... Then I just I'm very much a person that's just like, you know, speaking into the speaking into existence. I start calling myself a stylist and um, before you know it, like people Fake it till you make it. Absolutely. Yeah. And people would um, you know, you introduce yourself like that. Mm-hmm. Um, then I start to get calls and my customers was like, Oh, she was in Chicago, she moved to LA. She was like, Come to LA, let's plan clothes, bring a whole bunch of stuff. She's like, I don't want to introduce you to my niece. Um, she's just got a Disney show. I was like, oh, cool, you know. Yeah. And I w- <laughs> went to visit her, and I never forget I was at her house, and I walked, and Zendaya walked in. Mm. And Zendaya has always, since the day I met her, she's always been that beautiful. <laughs> she's always been that tall. Mm-hmm. Um, she's 5'10", and she was 5'10 and 14. And I was just like, oh, my God, who is this stunning girl? She's, I, like, she's been a beanpole forever, that's yeah, true, yeah. Yeah, she's like, and she's like, this is Zendaya. And um, I never forget it was the day of Justin Bieber's Never Say Never premiere, mm-hmm. and she was going to the premiere. And she needed something to wear, and um, my client at the time, she was like, "Oh, it's just take law. Law's a stylist, you know. Mm-hmm. Take take law." And um, we went shopping, and we've been together ever since. Well, so how, I mean, this is one thing that you struggle with is that you're a young stylist, but they're also younger. Um, uh, well, this is you know changing a little bit now with social media, but if you're a younger artist, it's very hard to get a top tier stylist. So, and how do you how did you build a recognition for you? Because you've been with her since she was 14, yeah, then, right? Yeah, yeah. So, how do you? Well, I guess it's two questions. One, how do you help build her notoriety as a, okay. as because today she's one of the most sought after, yeah. most beautiful. I mean, she's got she could walk through every catwalk, yeah. every couture show, and if yeah. she wanted to. Um, so she's evolved as a woman, yeah. and she's also you know evolved you know as her career has grown as well. Can you talk a little bit about how you're helping her nurture that and how sure. that happened? I'll tell you how what happened was okay. So I was very naive. Again, I didn't I didn't have formal training on being a stylist. I never assisted anyone mm-hmm. I never um, had the opportunity to be an intern so I didn't have and I didn't have anybody to like teach me mm-hmm. what it was so I just knew that this girl had a show <laughs> and that she was beautiful mm-hmm. and you know I didn't understand in the beginning how the, the houses the brands loan to girls who get press it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know it's all about you know give you the clothes you get us press blah 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 yeah. and I didn't know that I mm-hmm. didn't understand that but when I figured that out it didn't take me long <laughs> I figured that out and so what I would do is I would only put her in things that other people had wore Oh. Because it was at that time it was because that's the usually weeklies. like it was against the yeah. grain complete. You never want to wear yeah, something yeah. somebody else has worn. It was all that's about like the, the worst faux pas. Yeah, it was all about the weeklies. And what I knew is that that she was so beautiful and so poised. And mm. even at a young age, I would go in the showrooms and I would they were like, oh, somebody wore that, somebody wore that, and I would get it. I was like, oh, if you don't mind, I'll take it anyway because I think it's beautiful. But really, what I was doing is I knew that she would be on the who wore it best. Uh. And I knew that she would always wear it better. <laughs> like, you oh, know. you're so devilish. Yeah. So, oh my yeah. gosh. And so that and so what happened was, you know, it's it worked. Like mm-hmm. she 
she started to be in the weeklies all the time and then you know for me a big a big part back then when I first started was uh, Fashion Police mm-hmm. like Joan Rivers Joan. was like the you know if you yeah. were on Fashion Police like you had made it yeah. and so what happened was then then Fashion Police started picking her up mm-hmm. and then after that like Vogue.com and everything so it, it worked it was it was sneaky you hustle you figure mm-hmm. things out mm-hmm. and so it, and it worked and then after a while then she became um, I think what kind of changed the, the moment that it really kind of changed um, she was 16 and she went to the Grammys mm-hmm. and I also like had big fights with her publicist back then I was like she needs to, she needs to go to these places and they're like well why is she going to the Grammys she doesn't have any music out and all. I was like Fools. she's beautiful yeah <laughs> yeah cause she'll look good in any right. situation and, and I'll make her look even better and um, she got, we got her invited to the Grammys, and I was looking for a dress, and um, I went into uh, a showroom called Altamoda, mm-hmm. Brooke Pace, yep. um, and it was this um, Ogaro dress, and Brooke would not give me this dress. She kept pushing me to another brand. I was like, you know, I don't, I don't want to thank you, but I don't really, this is the dress. And she said, no, it's not the dress. Nobody could wear this dress. This only dress, only person who could wear this dress is Zoe Fontana. Mm-hmm. Like, she can't, this, this girl can't carry this dress. And I was just like, just take a chance on me. Uh-huh. <laughs> Trust me. Trust me. I was like, I promise I will let you out. And she let me borrow the dress and she wore that Angaro dress and she was like the best dress and mm-hmm. everything. And it was so list. much press, yeah. And um, so, and I think that's when, uh, and I'll never forget this because this was with Fausto was there. Mm-hmm. He called me. Uh, Fausto's the best. Yes, I love he Fausto. He called me. Yeah. And he was like, it was incredible. She was incredible. Thank you so much. And then we later on went to the Met Gala with him. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so that was the that was kind of like the, the tipping point where I think a lot of people really started paying attention to my work and her. So, all right. So people are going, oh, hello, who's this guy over here? And you know, making this amazing woman look even more fabulous. Mm-hmm. So you had, I imagine, other women knocking at your door. You have some other. So how do you, I mean, maybe Ariana Grande is a no-brainer that you're going to say, yes, absolutely, yeah. I work with you. Yeah. But who are you, if you're a roster of people that you work with, how do you decide who you bring on uh, and who do you want to work with? And, well, and yeah, what is that decision I'll process? You, I'll tell you a, a story. Um, so Zendaya was kind of like my passion project. It was two things happening, right? So this was happening with Zendaya in L.A. Mm-hmm. And in New York, I um, was also introduced to people and I started doing music clients. Okay. So I was working. When when I was building Zendaya, I was working. Like, that wasn't financial at all. I was just, like, I thought a, that she was a amazing. Love project. And, we, and we just kind of, like, fell in love with each other. Mm-hmm. But I was also doing um, this R&B singer named Kay Michelle. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing her, and that was, like, my first, like, check. I remember my... My retainer was like eleven thousand dollars for the month, and I was just like, "What? <laughs> Wait, what?" Right, I was like, "Oh, and that girl worked me like crazy." So you like, earned every cent. I earned every cent. <laughs> so, like, while this thing was happening in LA and like this fashion thing, though, I was I was working and I mm-hmm. was doing I was doing K Michelle and I was doing Tamar Braxton, and mm-hmm. Monica, and Brandy, and I was doing all these these women that was super important to my culture mm-hmm. and. and um, Lala Anthony and it was like super important and I was really like making a, a good amount of money and so everybody's like oh you need an agent you want to you, you, mm-hmm. you need an agent so I went to an agency and they looked at my roster of clients outside of Zendaya they kind of shunned me for that really and, yeah because you thought you were representing you know some yeah. great women who had spoke to you personally yeah. mm-hmm. and these, these women like were legends and they had like found me and like I was like this golden boy kind of mm-hmm. on, on that side of, of fashion you know and um and I remember I remember leaving, leaving the meeting, the meeting and, and feeling like 
they're just like, and they, they were trying to do you know, like a roundabout way and just like, oh well, you know, your clients don't match our brand. Hmm. And I thought it was like because I'm again from Chicago, I thought it was about money. I'm like, oh, well, I'm making money. You know huh. what I mean? So they weren't high profile enough. Exactly. Okay. So I kind of like was like, I need to change my career. Mm-hmm. You know, I need to change my career. So at that point, I stopped working with those women, and, mm-hmm. and I and I, I hate myself in a bit of a way for make for letting somebody make me think less of mm-hmm. of myself and and where I come from and mm. what's important to me and who I see as important. Mm-hmm. But then, why did you make that shift? I wanted to be Rachel Zelda. Uh huh. Like Rachel was kind of like the first time. The celebrity stylist, yeah. yeah. Like, I'll never forget the episode when she came to Couture and mm-hmm. she went and she met Mr. Armani, mm-hmm. and, and I was like, and that's what I, that's what I wanted. And I, I just didn't know that I was so naive that I didn't know that I didn't know the steps how to get, to get there, right. yeah, yeah, what you so, needed to do to get so there. So after that meeting, I was like, okay, I need to not do this, and I need to focus on this part of mm-hmm. um, Hollywood. And I was doing um, Willow Shields from The Hunger Games mm-hmm. and. Um, so I just and then I started doing Ruby Rose mm-hmm. and so that so kind of like the trajectory of my career you, changed. You push, you came back yeah. over to Hollywood and less yes. music to a certain extent. Yes. Okay. And, and Ariana Cobb was originally Ariana from uh, from the television kind of. Yeah, yeah, but she, I mean, this at this time Ariana was kind of like becoming a superstar. So, okay. Yeah. But what I find really interesting um, with your with your clients, at least with with both Zendaya and Ariana is that you've done something that most stylists haven't done and you've kind of moved them to another level there the the Cinderella Met dress the but of course with Zendaya but there were but more to the point there was the partnership with Tommy that yeah. you helped facilitate yes. and on the other side with uh, Ariana Grande there's this new um, collaboration with Givenchy yes. so I feel like your uh, your job as a stylist is really elevated to another can you talk a little bit about was this a, a choice for you to like make what you do matter in a different way for sure example? well I I think that I've been so blessed to um, my my roster. <laughs> I don't want to say like you know. No, it's my epic. Come on, incredible. I mean, it's incredible. It's incredible. And so I, when, when I when I named myself an image architect, yeah, and, and not instead of stylist, stylist yeah, yeah, and I, I actually own the trademark to that. <laughs> Good for you. Okay. Yes. Uh, it meant something to me. You know, I always I always felt like I wanted to work with. I wanted to work with people who wanted to move in a certain direction, mm-hmm. and I wanted to work with people who I felt like we needed each other, mm-hmm. and I wanted to work with people who would kind of like let me um, devise this blueprint in a way, mm-hmm. you know. And I think the the, the Zendaya, yes, but I also think what what I did with Celine Dion was kind of like the biggest point of of that, or who I am as a stylist because it was di- disruptive, you mm-hmm. know, with Celine like. Celine walking up, Celine went in Vermont made no sense at the time. Celine mm-hmm. went off-white made no sense at the time. They mm-hmm. were young street brands. Mm-hmm. And um, this was the, this, the queen of Vegas, you know, yeah. rhinestones and, yeah. and sequins. And, and for her to walk out that hotel in that, that my sweater, it, it just shook the world. And I think that was right at a point in social media where things were starting to go viral mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But that was, that whole thing with Celine was was very planned out. Mm-hmm. Not calculated in a way like, oh, she's going to wear the sweater, she's going to get all this press. It was calculated it was planned out because I really got a chance to like figure out who she was mm-hmm. and the, the person we all thought and we grew up thought was Celine was just only a part of Celine mm-hmm. she and has many facets so much more like I'm like like she wanted to be out and she mm-hmm. was, had just lost her husband mm-hmm. and yeah. you know and I've never met anyone in my life that loves fashion as much as her really like she still reads all the fashion magazines she buys couture she mm-hmm. buys all her clothes 
Um, and I had never been around that like that before. So the more we got to know each other, I'm like, oh, okay. Because when I first got it, it was like rules. Like she, you know, always had to have a scarf on to protect her voice. And it was like all these things that, that to me, aged her. Mm-hmm. And when I found out how cool she was, I, was, I made it. I was like, I have to figure out how to show the world. To re-architect her. Into who I just found out Celine was. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, we all oh, rediscovered yeah. her in thanks in no small part to that. So image architect then. So it's mm-hmm. really, you know giving this new aspect that it's also creating these partnerships. I mean, how did you come up with this idea of Zendaya and Tommy or, or yeah, Ariana? And just, and, I mean, is it, I how do you... Because you're creating a whole new, you know, category of a job here, yeah. so... I think about all the time, like, what will my, what is my legacy going to be? Mm. You know, what is my legacy going to be? And I'm so blessed to be a part of so many other people's legacies. Mm. Like, I will always be mentioned... With regards to fashion, with Celine Dion, I always be mentioned with Zendaya. I always would be mentioned with Ariana. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that's that gives me so much joy mm-hmm. that that these women are pop culture icons. icons. Yeah. And in some little way, like I always be connected to that. Mm-hmm. People talk about them for the rest of time. Mm-hmm. All of them, I think. Mm-hmm. And and I'll be there, and my little stitch is there. Mm-hmm. You know, so I always try to think, how do I how do I help them become a more elevated version of themselves no matter you know Mm -hmm. so it's always kind of thinking like what would be cool but what would make sense but what would feel authentic to who they are okay all right well then let me let me flip the script on you a little Mm -hmm. bit here you've done this for um you're talking about image architect you've Mm -hmm. done this for celebrities and singers and 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 actors but what about um doing that for on the flip side for the designers like you know Isabella Lowe was an amazing woman who helped Mm -hmm. Alexander McQueen you know in the early days really was big supporter for young designers. Yeah, yeah. you know that's my goal. Really? To be Isabella Blow? That is my goal to be Isabella Blow. Yeah. Really? So I think that's the next chapter of my life. I really want to help kind of nurture and um, discover new talent. Okay. I, I think... And, that's, and it just goes back to the point I just made, just being part of somebody else's journey, somebody else's legacy. Like, mm-hmm. I never really kind of, I never really wanted to be a celebrity or like, um, because I think our jobs as celebrity stars have turned us into celebrities a, yeah. a little bit. So you um, don't want to have your own reality television yeah, show? Yeah, I will, yeah. Yeah, you will. I love how you just say, it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, I will. But it's, it's, that is still a good, a good platform. Mm-hmm. And the more visible I am, the, the more I can help. Others. Other people. Yeah, you that's know, what I love about what I do. Yeah. yeah. Telling telling people about young designers yeah. is my favorite or new designers is one of my favorite yeah. things to do. Okay. And then you also so you so this idea of helping young designers, uh, have you thought that through a little bit or is this just a new inkling of this what? is a new inkling. Okay. Yeah, this is a new inkling. I think I think I watched I watched the McQueen um, documentary when it came out, but I I rewatched it and I was like and I, it, it kinda stuck with me. I was like, I wanna be like her. I don't wanna be troubled like her. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put that part of right. it aside, just this one facet. Yeah, but I think that she the the way she spotted and I've always been able to do that with the people I chose that I choose to work with. You have to you have to I have to have a tingle mm-hmm. when I work when I work with somebody. I have to really believe that there is star quality because mm-hmm. that's what I'm attracted to. It's mm-hmm. like you know, I'm, I'm attracted to people with star quality, and it, it, it pulls the best out of me. So, for me to work with, like, I worked with a lot of people, and sometimes it just didn't work because I just didn't feel anything, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so, I, I want to take that same type of, you know, tingle. tingle and move it towards. 
Because you did do some, you've done some runway styling already for um, a brand, I believe, in, at New York Fashion Week. Yeah. Is that part of this idea, or is it more actually going to a, a young menswear brand or a young menswear designer or women's wear designer and just saying, I want to help you? Yeah, I want to go and I want to see the show and I want to meet them. And if I feel a tingle there, I want to be able to, you know, what, however that is, nurture that. You mm-hmm. Do you, uh, is anybody making you tingle right now? Um, there's a lot of talent in Africa. Yes, very a true. A lot of talent in Africa, and I've been uh, following I'm going to Lagos, I think. Um, For the next, fa- I'd love to go as well. Yeah, yeah. the next uh, fashion week in yeah. Lagos is supposed to be amazing, yeah, Lagos. Yeah, and I think um, I want to start there. So, not to be too blunt about it, that, but... You are a black man working yeah. in an industry dominated by white women. You, yes. you do have a lot of clients, at least at the beginning, who are women of color. Mm-hmm. Is is that a conscious choice, or is it more just that we click better, or is it because you also mentioned that you maybe want to focus on African designers? Yeah. Is that a conscious decision to kind of uplift those people around Absolutely. you? Okay. Absolutely. My biggest kind of like platform right now is just making sure that people look like me have a space to have the same opportunities I had. Mm-hmm. Because I created my own and mm-hmm. everybody, you know, and not everybody's going to meet a Zendaya or not everybody's going to have the initiative Just, to yeah. do the things that I did to build my career, you know. Yeah. I want to, I want to, because exactly what you said is exactly right. Like, my part of the industry, celebrity style in Hollywood is dominated by white women. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, I just want to make sure that, that I'm leaving room for people to come behind me and, and to, to be able to be at Parish Fashion Week and to sit at couture mm-hmm. shows and to know the designers and to be invited to their homes. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, it's a fantasy. It's a dream. And I just want to make sure that that I, I open it up so that other people get to live their dreams as well. Um, besides the designers in Africa, I mean, who are you? Th- who do you think that right now, maybe who you aren't working with or designer, who are you really passionate about or do you think is underestimated as a designer or an artist or somebody you think who's got a lot of potential? Oh, on a small scale or big scale? I can tell Any you scale who, you want. I can tell you who I've become a fan of. Mm. Um, and it was so funny that it, it worked out this way. I've really become a fan of um, Claire Ajibonshi. Really? Yeah, I think... Um, yeah, I mean, I, she took a minute to settle in yeah, there. And, yeah, and that's what... We had dinner one night, and I told her, I'm like, you hit your soft spot. I mean, you yeah. hit that, like... That, I, I forgot what season it was, but I was like, you... It was... I was like, I was... Everybody was I was three seasons in, three or four yeah. seasons in, she yeah, started to get there. All of a sudden, it was there. like, ooh, yeah. okay. Like, she, she fell into her rhythm. And, and then when I met her... Um, isn't she just lovely? She she's so, so sweet. <laughs> she's just a real person. She's so sweet. And then the thing went, the thing came around with Ariana, so it was like, it, it's almost like the universe. For me, the universe always like makes things happen exactly what it was because I became a fan, mm-hmm. and then we started to um, discuss the possibility of Ariana, and it was like I had, I would not have done it. You know, spoke to Ariana about doing it if I hadn't become a fan of, of her work. Of course. You know, it has to, like everything I do has to like be authentic. I'm not doing anything because it's trendy or popular. And mm-hmm. like even if you see in my work, I tend to I tend to use the same designs. I'm very loyal mm-hmm. to people who were um, who were um, generous to me and who believed in me and who gave me a ch- you know gave me who a gave chance. you a chance in the beginning. I mean, you had your who were the designers that really believed in you and like gave you a chance at the beginning? You no, know, it was it was you know you bought the whole pay it forward. Yeah, it was pretty much um, like a lot of the smaller brands though, like mm. a lot of a lot of the independent. Well, you know, smaller, more independent people were were good to me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jamba Sista has mm-hmm. always been great to me. 
Fausto was amazing in the mm-hmm. beginning. And then I've always been a supporter of like Christian Siriano and mm-hmm. you know, like it's, it's, it was those who, and you see like, you'll see it over and over, like my clients wear those clothes, mm-hmm. you know? Um, How do you, because we talked about Celine and I have to have a scarf around my neck for yeah. my throat, da 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 da. How do you help mold or pivot or like, you know, you're going to look amazing in this, you know, this plether skirt and a violent, you know, fuchsia color. I mean, how do you shift their perspective about, because you, you get to a certain age as a woman, I mean, maybe it's easier with somebody who's younger, who's willing to experiment. You kind of know, like, what looks good on you, and you have your whole framework. So it's very hard to move women like that. How do you help to, them? I don't try. Oh, okay. I don't try. I, but come on, like, that, you know, Vetmo is a total shift. Or were you saying that's a different part of who she was? That's, that's who she was. That's who I just found out who she was. Um, and I remember the day I showed her, I had that. I pulled it from, it was sold out, and the brand let me pull it from their archive, and I had it for a while, like a, maybe like a week. And I would, I wouldn't show it to her because I thought she was going to think I was cheesy. Mm-hmm. But I knew, but I knew, I knew it was right. So one day I just got the courage. I was like, Celine, what do you think about this? <laughs> I was, and I was like waiting for a laugh. Yeah. Basically. And she was like, No. She was like, That's amazing. This I'm is the sweatshirt with the with the Titanic. The Titanic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was, it was close to the 20th anniversary of Titanic. Ah, uh, smart. It. So it was like all these things that kind of just lined up lined up but that's who but all everything you saw her do like walking around at full couture or walking out that is her okay it's really her um and with Ariana you know Ariana has a silhouette Ariana has a, a space that she owns mm-hmm. you know and even with her like she'll ask me she'll be like well what do you think I should do with my hair and the first thing I'll say a ponytail mm-hmm. I don't want to go see Ariana Grande if that ponytail is there it's it's own thing yeah you know, she, it's iconic she owns a A-line skirt she owns an over the knee boot and if you notice like that's how she was you know, already I mm-hmm. never tried to change it mm-hmm. I only wanted to elevate it you know I just I wanted the A-line building that foundation the architect chic Mm-hmm. To be more modern, to be more, you know, just another uh, evolution of her. But mm-hmm. it's always the same silhouette. Okay. It's always the same silhouette. I never tried to change that. Okay. And I think that's why she loves and respects me. And I've been around so long. It's because I've never tried to change her. Mm-hmm. Ever. Okay. You know, because she she owns it. And I think, and it goes back to the statement I made about being iconic mm-hmm. and a legacy. You could put Ariana Grande behind a screen and backlight it. And as soon as it comes up the whole world will know it's Ariana. Well, that's what you did with Givenchy almost. It was just, you know, the ponytail, right? So, touchy subject. Mm -hmm. Not all of your clients stay with you. So, I know that, um, I know that uh, Celine has left. How does, how does that feel? I mean, when you see somebody, you know, go off with somebody else, and I I think it was your former assistant, Mm -hmm. right? It's a, it's a double-edged sword. Like, you know, the, the clients... We, they don't owe me anything, you know? Mm-hmm. you know. I did a job. I I think with her, especially what what we created, I think is part of fashion history now. Agreed. You know? I, I, so we'll, I always have that. And um, and I, sometimes you, you need a break. Like Zendaya's the only, she, Zendaya's never had another stylist. Mm-hmm. I've been the only stylist since the beginning of her career. Mm-hmm. But even Ariana, like, are like I'll we'll do a lot of things together and then she'll take a we'll take a break and she'll try someone else and then mm-hmm. she'll come back, you know. Mm-hmm. Um I think I think it's also for me, it's it's not about the way I make my clients look, it's about the way I make them feel. Mm-hmm. And nobody else can do that. 
nobody else can make them feel the way I make them feel. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe, you know, maybe Selena come back, maybe not, you know. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Time will tell. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. So let me ask you the five generic fashion questions sure. then. What is the favorite piece of clothing that you own? Ooh, the aisle. <laughs> I know. It's going to take maybe all day. <laughs> but it's oh, I do have... Okay, so it's a pair of boots. I have um, these runway boots from Vemma, and they were like, um, over, they're men's boots, but they're over the knee leather, mm-hmm. um, leather boots, and I just, I don't know, I just, I think they're so cool, and I wear them a lot. Really? Yeah. Okay. But they're like a full on over the knee boot, and it's, uh, yeah, it's cool. I okay. think those are my favorite. Okay. Um, what piece of uh, clothing should every woman really invest in? Like, you know, maybe you're not making a lot of money, but you mm-hmm. want to buy that one really well-made or that mm-hmm. one really, you know, does that one designer thing. What would you mm-hmm. suggest that that be? I think that every woman needs and deserves um, a great handbag. Who is your favorite fashion designer, living or dead? This is the funny thing about me. I don't really have favorites. I don't have a favorite. People ask me all the time, I don't have a favorite designer. Um, I'm all about the tingle. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it could be any anybody for me at the time. It's just I just like to be excited. I like a look, you know, I like I like things that, that will be remembered, you know. You like iconic pieces no I matter do. what designer it might yeah, be. No matter who it is. Very smart yeah. image architect answer. Um, what trend will you never follow? The naked dress. The naked dress. Yes. Why not? What what is I mean I mean honey Rihanna looked amazing in her naked dress so yeah, it's just like I just I just it's not that I'm modest at all it's just like I just never found it beautiful like okay. I never found it beautiful and you know it's so funny I also get I also get upset at designers when they show when they show a dress and it's not lined and I, I'm trying to figure out why they do that. It's like because when when you get it when we get it from you like we have to line the dress so just line the fucking dress. <laughs> like, I just don't. Nobody's just don't gonna think, wear it without the lining. I so see, I don't think seeing like underwear and like boobs. Oh shit! I don't think that seeing underwear and boobs are like sexy. Okay. You know. All right. So underwear as underwear, not outerwear. Right. Okay. And then last question: um, What do you love most about fashion? I love. What I love most about fashion is that you can be whoever you want to be. And I love that fashion, that we love characters. Mm. And, I've, and I feel like it's a, it's a place where you can truly be whoever you want and, and, and not be judged by it, but celebrate it. Mm. Yeah. That is a very wonderful message to leave this on. Thank you so much for taking the time. Don't want to miss an episode of Fashion Your Seatbelt? No problem. Just go to iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts and click on the subscribe button. Then every new episode will drop into your feed automatically. No fuss, no muss. Fashion Your Seatbelt is made possible thanks to the wonderful people at Launchmetrics, the software company that is powering the fashion industry, and GPS Radar, the members-only website where leading fashion brands and media connect in style. I am a member of GPS Radar, and I can tell you, as a journalist, it has made my work life run much more smoothly. Believe me, I know. I'm Jessica Michaud.